Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. Yeah, buddy. Where, where are my 8-bit gamers at out there? I see you. I see you. Um, good morning and welcome to church. If you are new to our church, my name is Bert. I'm one of the pastors here. We're very excited to have you. Uh, real quick, this is not what we're talking about this morning, not where we're headed, but just to let you all know, there are a variety of reasons for which uh, Father's Day might be a tough day for you. And if that's where you are, we just want you to know that we see you and we're very glad that you're here. Um, with that, we are diving into a brand new series of messages called Fishtails. We're, 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 we're talking about the story of Jonah. Now, you may have heard of the story of Jonah. Maybe perhaps you've heard of it in the context of Jonah and the whale. Perhaps some of you are old enough to remember VeggieTales. Anybody remember VeggieTales? Any, any, like four of you, yeah. One, one clap, that's good. Okay, so um, we'll leave it at that. So uh, Jonah is best known. He, he, he's unusual. Jonah, you may not know, is a prophet. He was a prophet. And prophets, if you're new to church, were people that heard from God in a very special way. They were given very specific, audible messages to deliver to God's people. And most of the prophetic works that we have in the Old Testament have to do with what the prophets had to say. So the Lord said to the prophet Isaiah, go and tell the people this. And then the prophet Isaiah would go and tell the people this. The Lord spoke to the prophet Jeremiah or Ezekiel or whomever it was. And the, the, the prophet would go and say what the Lord said. But Jonah's story is unique in that Jonah was a prophet, but his book is not about the message that God delivered through him. The book of Jonah is really about what happened to him and his heart. And before we're done, I think we're going to see ourselves in, in, in the story of Jonah. Now, before we dive into the text, let's get something out of the way. There are a few of you probably in the room, maybe more than a few, who just don't buy this. You're sort of sitting here going, oh, come on, man, Jonah and the whale, really? That's a kid story. That's an allegory. There's no way that could have happened. There's no way Jonah actually got, this guy actually got swallowed by a whale. You know, I actually know someone who like kind of entered college as a believer and went to marine biology, took marine biology 101 and learned that whales have a very small esophagus and typically eat krill and shrimp and just decided there's no way the story of Jonah could have happened and, I'm ch and, and, and they just chucked their whole faith. Everything kind of went to the side because their, their, their faith in the idea that Jonah and the whale was a real story had been broken. So before I say another word, understand this. Our faith is not founded on the idea that Jonah was literally swallowed by a whale. Our faith is founded on the fact that Jesus Christ literally rose from the dead on the third day. Our faith is founded on the resurrection, which is to say, if you've done business with God and you've turned, turned from your sins and you've invited Jesus into your life and you're living to honor him and love others and serve the world around you, when you take your last breath on earth and you stand before God in heaven, he is not going to look at you and go, well done, you, you, you received my son into your life and, and I've forgiven all your sins, but you didn't believe that Jonah and the whale thing, so you're out. It's not going to happen, okay? So I just want to give permission. Some of you are skeptical, you're not sure, that's totally okay. For my part, I believe that this story happened, and the reason I believe that it happened was because in the New Testament, Jesus said, 
as uh, Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days, so the Son of Man will be in the tomb. He, he talked about those two things, and I believe the, the resurrection literally happened, and I believe Jesus meant what he said, and he rose from the dead, so I kind of just go with what he says. That's kind of how I roll. So, uh, that's just my take on it, but if you have a different take, I just wanted to offer some permission uh, so you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You can still learn a ton from the story of Jonah. I. All right, with that, let's dive in. Book of Jonah, chapter 1, verse 1. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Okay, not typically what you find in a prophetic work. Usually when God instructs a prophet to do something, they snap to and say, thur, ya, thur, and they off, go off and they do what they're told to do. Jonah goes the opposite way. And why does Jonah go the opposite way that God tells him to go? Because he thinks if he goes the opposite way, he'll be able to get away from the Lord. So we could file Jonah in the not the sharpest tool in the shed category, perhaps, if we wanted to, yeah? So, so God tells Jonah, I want you to go to the city of Nineveh, and I want you to preach to them, preach my judgment against them. Jonah goes, nope, I'm going the other way. Why? Why does Jonah do that? For a very specific reason. The people of Nineveh are Assyrians. They're from a race called the Assyrians, and Jewish people hate the Assyrians. They loathe these people. And we don't have time to get into why. Just understand it. There's a long cultural history. Jonah hates these people. He doesn't want to go preach to them. He doesn't even want to preach God's judgment to them because if he preaches God's judgment to them, they might repent. They might turn from their sins and, and come back to God. And he hates them so much, he doesn't want them to turn to, turn to God. He, 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 he's effectively just saying, you know what? I hope all those people just go ahead and, and burn in hell. I don't, I don't care. I don't, want to know. I don't want them to know God. God tells me to go to them. I'm going the opposite direction. Now, this also is interesting. Jonah doesn't just not go. Like, it would have been one thing if God said to him, I want you to go to the city of Nineveh, and he just said, nope, I'm not doing it. I'm just staying here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay low and ignore you, right? I'm not hearing it. I don't want to know. I don't, I'm unfriending you on Facebook. I'm blocking you. I'm not. And, and God is sort of like... It's like, have you ever, you ever text somebody who sends read receipts and you texted them and it says read and you know that they saw the text and they're not responding to you and you're like, dude. Yeah, God has sent the message to Jonah. Jonah has got the message. It would have been enough if Jonah just said, I'm not going. Jonah could have just been disobedient and stayed where he was. Jonah didn't just he wasn't just disobedient and stayed where he was. He said, not only am I not going to do what you called me to do, I'm going the opposite way. I'm going to do the opposite of what you told me to do. Because I hate those people that much. There is, here's our starting point. There's no compassion in his heart. He has no compassion for this people group. Is there a people group on the earth now? for whom and towards whom you have no compassion whatsoever? 
Because if so, you have business to do with God. You've never looked into the eyes of a person who wasn't made in God's image and who wasn't very, very important to your Lord and Savior. You've never been eye to eye with a person who wasn't made in God's image and who doesn't matter deeply to God. If there's a person or a people group towards whom you have no compassion whatsoever, that is something you want to check in your heart. That's where Jonah is, and he runs the opposite way. So here's what happens. He decides he's going to go. He's going to go. He's, he's in a city called Joppa. Nineveh is this way. He decides he's going to go to Tarshish, which is a city in the opposite direction. This is the uh, next verse. This is verse 3. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Wow. Okay. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him, How can you sleep at a time like this, he shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Interesting point. The first thing God says to Noah is, get up and go to this city. The first thing that the captain says to Noah is, get up and pray to your God. I think in both instances, Noah is asleep. Now, why is Noah sleeping? They're in the middle of a storm, like it's crazy. Why is Noah asleep? Here's why. Because Noah has decided that this is his rebel moment. Have you ever had had a rebel moment? Sure you have. Come on, you know what you're supposed to do, but you're not doing it. You decided the rules don't apply to you. If Jonah, if Jonah was in a car, he'd have the window down and the radio cranked up and the wind would be in his hair and he'd have some music on and be like, get your motor running. Yeah, insert song of your choice. But you know, he's, he, he'd just be like, I'm not doing what God wants me to do. I'm going to rebel. I'm going to crank up the music and do my own thing. The rules don't apply to me. I'm the captain of my own destiny. I'm my own man. I'm going this way. That's what you, come on, have you ever had a season like that? Sure you have. Sure you have. And you know how it feels? It feels great. Come on, let's be honest. Doesn't it feel great to do that? Come on, yeah, okay, we got one one honest person in the room. Yeah, it does. It feels great. Feels great. Yeah, let's just clap it up for how great it feels to rebel against God. Yeah, so, (laughs) feels great for like a minute. It feels great for like a minute. I'm doing my own thing. The rules don't apply. Yeah, I know what I'm supposed to do, but not me. Crank up the music, roll down the window, off we go. I'm doing my own thing. Feels great. That's what Jonah's doing. Oh, God wanted me to go this way. Watch this, God. I'm going that way. So he's had his moment. He's feeling good. And he's just so relaxed and so at peace, he's going to take a nap. But the Lord is waiting for Jonah down the road, and this is what the rebel never sees. It feels good for a minute, because God permits it. 
He's given you free will. He says, yeah, okay, all right, go ahead. Get it out of your system. I'll talk to you when you're down the road. Because later, there are going to be potholes. And later, you're going to run out of gas. And later, there's a 10-car pileup that you're headed for. Later, something's coming for you, and I'll be there when you get there. You're running away from me as if you're going to escape me and put me in the rear view. I don't exist in your timeline. I'm not going to be put in the rear view. I'm already in Tarshish. I'm already down the road from you. So you want to run? Go ahead. Just get it out of your system. I'll be there. And that's what happens to Jonah. So the Lord hurls wind. The Lord is not going to be ignored. The Lord hurls this storm. The captain goes down. Wake up and pray to your God that we'll be saved. Next verse. Then the crew cast lots. This is verse 7. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused this terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Like he already brought it up. Oh, why did you do it, they groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop the storm? So they cast lots. They, this, okay, these are professional sailors, and they are very aware that the weather phenomenon they are experiencing is not normal. It is, in fact, of supernatural origin. They've never seen anything like this before on the body of water that they're sailing on. So they're freaked out. They know something's wrong, and they're like, somebody here did something to tick off the man upstairs, whatever god you may worship. Somebody's in trouble with their god. Let's see who it is. They cast lots. So they ran. They, uh, you could throw dice. A modern, a modern, probably the easiest way for us to understand it is they played spin the bottle but with no kissing, okay? Uh, they, they, they spin the bottle, it points to Jonah. They spin the bottle again, it points to Jonah. They spin it a third time, it points to Jonah. They're like, okay, Jonah, you did this. What are you doing? And, 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 and what, what's your nationality and what line of work are you in? They're, in, they're interrogating him. And he's like, well, I, I, I'm a prophet and I serve the Lord. And, and, and they, they freak when they hear this because he has already told them that he's running away from God. Like, it came up. Come on, go with me for a minute. Think about that. They're on the ship. You know, the, the ship, they don't leave in the middle of the storm. They leave. The skies are peaceful. It's a nice evening cruise. They're, they're on a cruise. They're on the water. It's beautiful. The sun's going down. They've got a Mai Tai. <laughs> There's a steel drum band playing some Bob Marley in the background. Everybody's just chill. Oh, what do you do? What do you do? What are you, what's happening with you? Where, where are you going? Where are you headed? Oh, well, I, I trade rugs. I'm going over here to the rug trader. I'm going, oh, I, I've got some spices I'm going to try to sell. What are you doing? Oh, I'm running away from the Lord. <laughs> it came up. How did it come up? How does he just say that? Why don't you just keep that to yourself? He was so out, he was so out in the open about it. He had already told the crew, I'm running away from God. And the, you can imagine the crew like, okay. But now they know. 
This dude is the reason. He's the reason we're all in so much trouble. And then they just come, they just come to it. What do we got to do to you to make it stop? Like, what do we have to do to you to appease your God? And they're all like, this isn't going to be good. And Jonah right here, for the first time, but regrettably not the last, has and has to have a moment of clarity. And he realizes that he did this to himself and that his rebel moment is going to cost him dearly. And he says this. Verse 12. Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Here's what Jonah just learned. The rebel moment always comes with a blast radius around it. There's a blast radius around that event. In the military, they call that the hurt locker. The area around an explosion where there's collateral damage. Our decisions carry collateral damage. The, the times we've said, not doing it, God. I know what you've called me to do. I know what I'm supposed to do. And some of you are here, and you're thinking, well, I'm not a prophet. God's never called me to anything. Nonsense. Nonsense. We're all called. There's a calling on each and every one of our lives. Every one of us. And there are things God's called you to do that you're not doing, and there are things that God's called you not to do that you're still doing. And there, there, we all have moments and seasons and areas of our life where we have the music cranked up, almost like, I can remember I had a, a car that I had in college. When it got up to 65 miles an hour, uh, there was a rattle that you could start to hear in the car, and it went away really quick when I turned up the radio. You ever have a car like that? Anybody ever done that? Yeah, I'm not the only one, sure. Yeah, some of you got here that way this morning. There's a sound you just don't want to hear. You just turn up the noise, and this is what we do. Our lives are super, super, super noisy, so we don't hear the rattle. We don't hear the, we don't hear the, the, the call. We don't, hear, we don't hear the voice. We don't feel the pull. We're distracted, and it's noisy, and we got the music up, and the window's down, and the wind in our hair, and we're having our moment, and we don't get that we're headed for an explosion, like we're headed for something really, really difficult, and we're not the only ones who are going to pay for it. Jonah just realized there is a blast radius around my disobedience. There are other people who are going to hurt for this. And he tells them point blank, you need to chuck me into the sea. Chuck me overboard. And this will all go away. So what do they do, these sailors who don't know him? Next verse. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it, and they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God, oh Lord, they pleaded, Yahweh, they're using God's name, oh Lord, don't make us die for this man's sin, and don't hold us responsible for his death, oh Lord, you have sent this storm upon, upon him for your own good reasons. 
here comes, here, here we find the first great juxtaposition of Jonah's journey. He's on this journey because he has no compassion. And here he is shown compassion. He's on this journey because he has no compassion. He doesn't care about the Assyrians. He doesn't care about the people of Nineveh. He doesn't want any of them to come to God. He is hard-hearted, doesn't, and he's just basically said, don't, don't care about them, hate their, never met them, don't know them, hate their guts. I'm out. I have no compassion for that people group. This is the people group you hope never shows up to True North. This is the people group you don't ever want to talk to or want to run into because you've just written them off and you've, you've, you've divorced yourself somehow from the idea that they were made in God's image and that they're important to God. So, so off they go. Jonah has no compassion. And right here, when, when by rights, they should just, just chuck him overboard, he is shown compassion by strangers. They don't just throw him overboard. They row harder. They pull harder. And, and, and finally, when they come to the end of it, what do they do? They turn to God. Some of you have been in somebody else's blast radius, yes? Some of you have been in the hurt locker. Some of you have been nearby when somebody else's life exploded or imploded. And you're carrying wounds from it. If we're smart, We'll learn from the mistakes of others. We won't have to be the one imploding or exploding. Hopefully, we won't have to be the one that God has to put on, on, on our back. Don't make God put you on your back to get your attention. If God, this is what we're finding in, in chapter one of the book of Jonah. God will not be ignored. If he wants your attention, he's gonna get it. How hard is God gonna have to work to get your attention? How much noise is there? How much noise does God have to penetrate to get your ear? Does God have to cause a blowout? A fender bender? Or must it be a 10-car pileup for God to get you to stop and listen? Because some of you right now, today, you got your rebel music on, the radio's up, and you're like, yep, I know what God's called me to do. Don't want to hear it. I'm doing me. There will be others that learn from your story if you don't course correct. Learn from the stories of others. Don't let your story be the thing that serves as a life lesson to everybody else. Seek the Lord while he may be found. There's a calling on your life. Don't run from it. Next verse. Then... The sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Yeah, sometimes seeing another person's difficulties can bring you to God. And that's what happened. These guys, are, these guys are, are pagan sailors. They worship other gods, and they just got a real-life lesson in who the Lord of heaven and earth is. They saw God's power at work, and now they're like, yep, he's God. And because of Jonah's mess, 
Because he put them in harm's way, God did something beautiful. He trades beauty for ashes. Jonah made a fire. He burned something down. God took something beautiful from the ashes, and now these other sailors on the ship are serving him. Last verse for today. Then the Lord had arranged, sorry, now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. God put a calling on this man's life. And Jonah said, no. God's put a calling on your life. What will you say? He's called each of us. He may not have called you to be a prophet and go preach to a foreign city, but he's called you to turn from your sins. He's called you to worship him with your life. He's called you to honor him and love the world around you and serve the world around you. And there is always, always another step in faith for us to take. What is your next step in faith? What's the place where God's calling you to step out and honor him? You can receive it and yield and say, I'm going to do what you want me to do because I belong to you, or you can crank up the music, roll down the window, and head out on your own road. My hope is that you'll learn from the collateral damage caused by others around you and yield to this wonderful, loving, but sometimes terrifying God who will not be ignored. Seek him while he may be found. And in doing so, we will find our lives and our hearts great satisfaction. We'll pick it up right from here in chapter 2 next Sunday. With that, let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you because you've sent us your word and you've put your word in our hearts and because you've called us. You've called us into relationship with you. You've called us to serve the world around us. You've called us to glorify you and represent you to everybody around us. And Father, we all have it in us to play the rebel. We all have it in us to crank up the music and ignore you and do our own thing. And so we're just praying now. Make it easy to get our attention. Help us to keep the noise floor of our life low enough that we can hear you when you call us. And when we do, and when we sense that you're nudging us, give us courage enough and faith enough to pull the car over and alter course and live as you're calling us to live that we might honor you with our lives. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word truenorth to 77977 on your cell phone and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.